0: Today I want to talk about something that will hopefully bring clear direction to your life. The message today is called God is not logical. And it is really a message about trust. So I'd like you to answer these questions for yourself. Do you trust God? Do you believe his word to you? And maybe even no matter how strange it might seem, are you willing to be misunderstood by the people closest to you? You see, so many times we make decisions that are based only on human logic, and that is very different from the way God thinks. Now, he will never ask you to go against anything in his word, but there are some wonderful examples of strange things that he asked people to do, and I'd like to talk through some of those things. I'd like to start really just thinking about what we do when we hear God's voice. Again, if you ask yourself, do I really hear God's voice? Remember God's voice is written down for you. The word of God is given to us so we can begin to recognize his voice, but we need to hear and obey the words that we receive from our father in heaven. He is good and every word he has for us is guaranteed to be good for us. We can trust Him. So if we hear God's voice and we don't obey it, then God's word becomes powerless in our lives. I'd like to look at this example in Scripture. Okay, this is in Genesis 2, 15 to 18. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now I know that we didn't read about this in these verses, but do you remember that even while he was creating the earth and all of the plants and animals, God called these things good. But when he had finished creating Adam as the first man, God called him very good. God had a plan for each one of us from the very beginning. He knew you clearly and deeply. And from the beginning, he declared that you are very good. See, God has a plan for you that goes far beyond anything you may have thought up to this point. Now, when we talk about a plan that God has for you, I just want to make a quick comment here that God does not plan sin or the effects of sin into our lives. What I'm saying here is that God does not give us sickness, disease or poverty because those are all effects of sin. David even said in Psalm 139 that all of our days were written for us, but he doesn't say that we will live them all out according to how they're written we have continual choices in front of us of whether or not we will obey his word. Now I want to go back to Adam and Eve and I'd like to read in Genesis three verses one through six Genesis three, one now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. And that sin was the beginning of all of the problems in the world today. So what was it that caused Adam and Eve to sin? I'd say it's because they questioned the goodness of God. He had given them clear instructions which would result in good things for them. But they chose to believe the lie of the serpent instead. There are so many times that we find ourselves at a crossroads of whether we will obey the instructions of God or ignore them and do our own thing. Notice in the verses that we just read that the serpent very clearly calls God a liar. If I could say it kind of in my own words, what, what the serpent said to Eve is this, God has lied to you. The thing he said will happen is not going to happen. And even more, God is keeping something from you. That is very good. The idea behind it was this, not only is God keeping something from you, but even worse than that, He is keeping the best part for himself and this lie was very cunning and it invited Adam and Eve to become offended. This was an offense toward the very one who had given them everything they had. Did you notice what it said in verse six? It said that this was a tree desirable to make one wise. See this, this offense is a very poisonous thing. Had God ever given them a reason not to trust him? How was it so easy for them to go against his word? How could they believe a lie so quickly? There's something very specific that the Lord highlighted to me. And this happened to me the other day this week as I was reading through this. Now I've read this story plenty of times, but I've always been drawn to other parts of the story. This time God very clearly stopped me at verse six and he said to me, can you see the difference? I wasn't sure what he was referring to. So, so I said the difference in what the difference between man's wisdom and God's wisdom, he said. And then I realized what the devil, what the serpent was telling Eve. He was telling Eve, you're too stupid to see this on your own. So for the first time in history, Someone felt stupid. Why are we so afraid of missing something or of getting it wrong? Why do we have to make sure that we are right all the time? Isn't this one of the main things that divides people? Look at how many things like this have divided even Christians. What if we would just all agree that none of us know what we're doing, but we are learning and we're growing in the process. See we get the feeling from those around us that they had their lives all together and that we are somehow falling behind. Why do people get themselves into deep debt financially? Is it possible that they are not quite convinced that they will never really amount to anything if they keep the current pace they're on? So they buy something they can't afford to make it appear like they have more going on that's good for them. Why do we put on a false face when we meet with other people? It's because we don't want to appear like we don't know what we're doing. So here was Eve standing in front of the serpent and to prove that she was not a fool. She took of the fruit and she ate it. Do you see what happened here? The beginning of man's wisdom is rooted in the first sin ever committed by a man or a woman. You see, God had already declared that Adam and Eve were very good. So they already were filled with wisdom for good things. The only thing that they did by eating of the tree was to add foolishness to their own mind. They added foolishness to the pure wisdom they had received from God in eve's attempt to not be stupid she became the biggest fool of all in verse five the serpent even says you will be like god but in genesis 1 it says that god had already made them like him in fact let's read those verses genesis one twenty-six to 27 genesis 1 26. then god said let us make man in our own image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air over the cattle over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so God created man in his own image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them these verses are very clear God had already made them like him and he had given them everything he had made This included the entire earth. You see, offense is a lie that questions your very identity. When when someone does something that you are offended by, I can promise you the root of it somewhere questions your identity. The Lord told me something about this a little while ago. He said, offense can never be given. It can only ever be taken. That's even why we describe it when we speak it out. We say they took offense at that. Now I learned this a long time ago that if I'm not concerned about what people think of me, then I'm free to follow God. I'm free to obey his every instruction. See, God is the source of all wisdom, but we must accept this truth. If we're going to understand this, His wisdom will seem like foolishness to the natural mind, but God is constantly offering his wisdom and he offers it to anyone who will believe. Have you ever just looked to see how many times the word wisdom appears in the Bible? It's used in the new King James 227 times. Now I know this may seem like a lot of verses to read, but I'd like to read, a bunch of verses here in Proverbs and this is so that we can get a feel for God's heart for us. Uh, So these are all in Proverbs, which this was written primarily by King Solomon and he's the wisest man who ever lived. And he describes the way to find wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 2.2 says, So that you incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Proverbs 2.6, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 2.7, He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly. Proverbs 2.10, When wisdom enters your heart and knowledge is pleasant to your soul. Proverbs 3.13, Happy is the man who finds wisdom, and the man who gains understanding. Proverbs 4.5, Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Proverbs 4.7, Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all your getting, get understanding. Proverbs 4.11, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. Proverbs 5.1, My son, pay attention to my wisdom, lend your ear to my understanding. Proverbs 8.11, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot be compared with her. Proverbs 9.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 10.21, The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. Proverbs 11:2 When pride comes then comes shame but with the humble is wisdom. Proverbs 14:33 Wisdom rests in the heart of him who has understanding but what is in the heart of fools is made known. Proverbs 15:33 The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. Proverbs 16:16 16, 16, How much better to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding is to be chosen rather than silver. Now, I know that that was a lot of verses just to kind of read through. But remember, there's over 200 places we could read. God is so excited and interested about us getting wisdom. See, when we get wisdom, we begin to think like him but without his wisdom, we can never apply the principles of the kingdom of God. You can try your whole life to get understanding, but if you only use your natural mind, you will never get it. See, we grow, we, we, we grow up being taught to use our logical mind, but I want you to look how Paul describes the wisdom of the spirit and he compares it to man's natural way of thinking. Let's read in 1 Corinthians two verses six through 16. And this is a very clear description of thinking like God or thinking like man. So let's look at 1 Corinthians two verse six. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ." Did you notice in verse 14? There's a clear distinction made. The wisdom of the Spirit of God is foolishness to the natural man. And it even says, the natural man cannot know the things of God. In other words, it's impossible to just learn and think with your brain. But so many of us, so many times, We approach a question that we have by trying to think more clearly about it. See, we have a choice every time that we're looking for an answer to something. Will we apply only the logic that comes from our experiences? Or will we submit to the wisdom that comes only by the spirit of God?